Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's American Express, this week's Hero Dubai Desert Challenge Championship. That's a classic, Rick. Sorry, that's on me. And anything else that comes up, which, spoiler alert, things have come up. Joining me (laughs) down, Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. How's it, Rick? Uh, Cool hat to you. Nice to see you guys. Uh, Patrick, I will. I will cede to you because you were right last week. I I mouthed off and I deserve to put my foot in my mouth. So well done to you. So good to see you boys. Oh, wow. Patrick McDonald. That is one very nice way to start the uh, pod. You must be feeling pretty good. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. I, uh, I appreciate you falling on your sword there. Very big of you. Not many this day and age will do that. So I think really it just shows what, what type of guy you are. Stand up cat. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Stand up cat. KP is here. Kyle Porter. Hello, sir. Uh, hello, Rick. Uh, big news of the day, obviously, being that uh, the, the new USGA rule went into effect where you count nine, nine whole scores towards your handicap. And uh, I'm excited to talk about that. Okay. So I had an existing, I actually do need to talk about this. I, I had a nine hole round that was just sitting in my gin for like the last two months waiting to be paired with yeah Yeah. will that now just automatically go or do like is it now moving forward nine hole nine hole rounds Uh, i don't know about like if it's if i don't know if it's like grandfathered in to the old i I don't i don't know how your like your one that's sitting out there works but my understanding is that now if you play like if 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 i go play nine holes tomorrow and shoot a 42 and even if I stop after that, it go it it doesn't wait to be paired. It just goes directly into your handicap. So, yeah. Rick, I, I had one that was unpaired and it is no longer I, in mine. Okay, I'm scrolling through mine as well, and I don't see it sitting at the top waiting to be paired either. So I guess it it, it has been adjusted for. And I think that's, Mark, that's interesting. It is interesting. I think Mark, there is also a formula. I don't know if this is with this new. With, with today, or if this is something in the future where you're going to be able to, I believe like 12 hole round, 13 hole round, just like that's, that's today. Okay. Also today that pretty good. I like this a growing the game effort. 
Yeah, honestly, for the longest time, I mean, I've been playing golf since Moby Dick was a minnow, and I never, I always wondered why you couldn't count nine hole scores. Um, I'll never forget Jay Haas saying to me, now I'm really dating myself, <laughs> because um, he said, you know, to do well on the PGA Tour, I quickly realized that to shoot lots of 33s and 34s and 35s over nine holes. And because all of the yours, everyone's got a sort of a reset if you have a bad nine or something. So I think the addition of this is tremendous. It really is because golf is a long game. Not everyone has time to go out and play 18 holes. So now you can play a few holes, get yourself a handicap and uh, uh, and do what you wish with it. I think it's good. It's great. I like that. I like that a lot. What I uh, will also remind you is that we are still up for the best golf podcast. You can click the link in the description. You can go ahead and take 30 seconds, cast a vote for your friends over at the first cut, make everybody happy. It's no big deal. It's very easy. They don't ask you anything intrusive. Go ahead, do it. Help us out. Thank you very much. News of the day. And I will admit, and I, I admit this out of the gate, I've been head under keyboard today, and I am just getting caught up with a lot of things that are going on. But Adam Crafton, Patrick, from The Athletic, uh, has an exclusive that, it, the way that he frames it, it's it's Newcastle chair, Yasser, Yasser Al-Rait, wow, Rumayan, uh, who is also the, you know, Live Golf Piff representative is facing a $74 million lawsuit for allegedly, quote, having carried out instructions of Saudi Crown Prince MBS. You will have to get me and probably a lot of people up to date on what is happening here. To be honest, Kyle might be more well-versed than I. The way I read it was, you know, another one of his nicknames, Rick. I, I'd struggle with his last name as well, the pronunciation. His Excellency is typically... <laughs> The easiest for myself to say, but uh, the headline could have easily been phrased, bad man does bad thing. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I think someone put it in our like Slack. It was like, I read the headline and it's like, okay. Like it, you kind of just like brushed off. It wasn't like the most surprising thing in the world. Um, but I, I think Kyle might be uh, more well-read on this matter. What's What's the deal? What's the deal, KP? What's happening? Well, it sounds like um, so uh, uh, we don't have enough time to to go deep on all this. But essentially, Yasser Al Rumayan, who's part of, he's the chairman of the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, and what that means is he runs this massive, um, set whatever however much money there's in it, seven hundred billion dollars, and he is um, one of the crown princes guys like one of his right hand guys which he came to power under some pretty nefarious uh conditions i would say when jamal khashoggi was was uh was murdered back in i believe it was 20 uh 2017 2018 and um so when you're mbs when you're when you're the crown prince prince's guy you are told to do some things right um as as that guy and apparently that was what this sort of um lawsuit for kidnapping scheme was all about i, I don't know that yasser himself actually kidnapped anyone but and i think it's important to remember like he, he's only being he, he's being accused of this this is not like uh hey this this person was found guilty of of this thing that happened it's it's an accusation it's a lawsuit but man, you know, for the PGA Tour, it's bad timing because Jay Monahan is in, uh, according to Josh Carpenter, is in Riyadh, is in Saudi Arabia this week to 
that do you work on the deal with Yasser. Uh, that's a that's a tough combo, right? Like when, when that news comes out. So it's just it, it's it's a reminder of the of the sort of the re, the regime, the group of people that you are associating with that it involves some risk that it's going to be difficult to swallow when it comes to a business deal. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, Mark, you know, the progress of the framework agreement turning into a, an official agreement it's it's been slow but seemingly progress has been made and it includes uh more investors like ssg coming into the party as well so slow slow but progressing and now something like this comes out while jay monahan is in saudi arabia it just makes everything a little murkier does it not yeah it does muddy the waters i just want to read a little bit here because this was on our cbs text thread and i got it earlier today and it's allegations and first reported allegations were delivered to El Ramayan last week at several locations. So he was served at multiple spots, including Piff headquarters, the home stadium of Newcastle United, of which is the chairman, the soccer team. And uh, then it says the alleged MBS ordered plot involves former Saudi intelligence chief, Dr. Saad Al-Jabri, who currently lives in exile in Canada. And he claims that Ramayan took parts in carrying out the instructions of MBS with a goal of harming, silencing, and ultimately destroying the former spy master and his family. Um, yeah, look, we, we know who the characters are. We really do. Um, and, and now everyone's getting into bed with everyone and everyone's playing happy families and stuff. But this is just, it's, it's kind of, it's the nature of the beast, honestly, sad to say. And, I, I still don't think Piff is going away. I think there's going to be the folks on the PGA Tour side of the argument going, see, I told you. And then the folks on the other side of the argument going, oh, whatever, please, man. And so it, we've we've known about this. We've known about the characters. Heck, Phil Mickelson talked about it in his book <laughs> with um, where he called them scary MFers. So, I don't think that was his book. <laughs> yeah, well, in the book that, yeah, that he was in, that he <laughs> featured in. Um, so... Yeah, it is muddy. It's unfortunate, and 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 almost the when I watch this, it's like I'm watching some sort of a horrid movie. Yeah, because here's Jay trying to do. He's put his best foot forward, and he goes over there for meetings. And all of a sudden, while he's over there trying to work for the tour, this news comes out. It's almost like that to me. There's a larger, sinister figure pulling strings behind the scene over here to try and just scuttle the entire thing. It's weird. I think and when I is. got this, I almost shook my head in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think there is a larger sinister figure pulling the strings. Uh, his, his name is the Crown Prince. Uh, listen, today, Rick, I had uh, I had somebody pop me on Twitter and say, "Hey, you need to stick to golf. Stay at, geopolitics is is beyond your like. It, that's out of your world." I'm like, listen, I'm I'm trying to stick to golf. Like this is being brought in, you know, into my into my world, into my home. Like I, I would love to stick to golf, but that's not where we're at right now. It's not where we're at right now. And, and Patrick, when you, when you, we were kind of just chatting very briefly before we went hot about, you know, the momentum, does this, does this halt the momentum on a deal? And to your point earlier, the cynic in me says this doesn't really matter. Right. I mean, there's no surprise here. What, what's the surprise, you know, SSG shouldn't be surprised. The PGA Tour shouldn't be surprised if they were willing to be involved with PIF and MBS. 
prior to this, nothing should have changed today. Am I, am I wrong there? It's a true, they are who we thought they were moment. I mean, yeah, like you said, I don't think anyone's super surprised. They've been accused and have found evidence that they've done much worse than this before, as bad as that is to say. So look, rich people like other rich people. SSG, if they have a chance to work with a $700 billion fund that could take their businesses to new heights, despite what they may do in the background, it's a tough proposition to pass up. And like you said, there's seemingly some momentum with the deal. I've always thought that there's a lot of positives for each party involved to get a deal done. And I mean, the only thing that could have come of it is I would love to see you think like Jay brought it up today or something. He's like, yo, Yasser, you get this ping. You see what they're writing about you. He's like, yeah, buddy, I've gotten the papers the last week. So what's your, uh, what's your athletic password? (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, I can only read the first paragraph. Can you send me, send me all the details? Uh, But Rick, yeah, I don't don't think it it really is going to change anything as bad as that does sound. Well, I, two things here. One, we need to probably talk about who SSG is. SSG is is the is the con- well. I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly, but as far as I understand it, it's a con- it's a it's a big group of wealthy sports owners that um, are looking to or that are that are probably going to in- inject money into the PGA Tour. It's it's a group that you've heard uh, Webb Simpson reference in a Golf Week article uh, Q and A recently. I believe Patrick Cantlay has referenced a, a lot. It's 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 a very open thing that SSG is is the investor right now, the American investor or the non-Saudi investor into the PGA Tour. The thing that I always get hung up on, Patrick, you're gonna have to remind me on this. Is Fenway Group part of SSG? That's correct, right? Yeah, they're kind of the the spearhead of SSG. Okay, so Fenway Group is is the spearhead, and they're the ones. I think they get used a little bit synonymously. They're not. They are they are kind of synonymous, but they are a, a little bit different. Um, but I think you know the second thing, Rick, is like SSG is these are these are big dogs, these are titans, these are these are big business people, and they don't like risk, right? And what Yasser and MBS and the Saudis and all of this poses is a lot of a lot of risk. You know, and so I don't disagree with Patrick that the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour has kind of already said, like, yeah, we're we're fine with all this. We're we're good to go. But I but I think for SSG, it's like, wait a second, what are we doing here? And so I think what could happen, I don't know if this will happen, but what could happen is SSG might go to the PGA Tour and say, Hey, our investment in the PGA Tour is dependent on you guys not having PIF invest, you know, be an investor as well. And then what is the PGA Tour? I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying that's on the table. If stuff like this is coming out, when you've got these these business people that are like, "That's too risky. We can't. We can't. We can't do something like that. That's going to hurt our business uh, with with that much risk." Guys like that hate risk, and I, and this is this is an erratic organization that you don't know what's going to come out next. I completely agree. I, I will say though. Um, the guys at SSG, you know, they're big business people. And 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 Yasser El Ramayan just wants a seat at the table. And, and when if this deal gets done and there's a, an amalgamation between everyone, there's lines of communication opened up. 
I will say this, 74 million to Yasser is like walking around money from what I understand. I mean, what they're spending. I wouldn't be surprised if this lawsuit kind of goes away. Uh, yes, it's served in Canada. It's going to be locked up in courts forever. I don't know what the legal system is like over there. But I do find it curious that here's a guy who used to be part of the organization, now is in exile. Mm. Now he's suing someone because he's been threatened. And it, like it, That also doesn't add up too much. Like, give me $74 million and I'll be okay. We're judging by things that have happened to former people in the past. So it's all kind of weird. I, I feel like this might just get paid off and he'll shut up and then everyone will be all right. I think he'll shut up one way or another. Now, the SSG, they're not going to just like pay the guy to shut up, right? Okay, anyway, the SSG, just put a bow on this, strategic sports group. So the likes of, uh, I mean, they've got their hands in a lot of things. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, Norwich City Football Club, the Atlanta Falcons, um, MLB's Yes, uh, New York Yankees' Yes Network. Uh, Yeah, there's, there's just... There, there's a lot here and there's a lot of money there. So that's that's the group that we're referring to also trying to get involved in the mix here for the PGA Tour. I'm going to put a pin in it there unless anybody's got anything else they need to get out of the way now or we can talk about it later, but we'll turn our attention to Dubai. We'll turn our attention to the American Express. Going once, going twice. Sold. Okay. Uh, a potential rematch in Dubai. Got a good Rory Tommy heavyweight bout last week patrick we're gonna get it again and also for the top 15 players in the world including brian Harmon, terrell hatton uh throw cam young into the mix always a good field in dubai that's what's across the pond this week yeah i'm sure you guys talked about it on sunday's show from that ending at the dubai invitational very historic event as well did you take more from Kind of Rory's final round, that three putt from two feet, the snap hook on 18, or Tommy going birdie, birdie to finish. What were kind of your takeaways on that? Were you more, I guess, optimistic? It's like, okay, Tommy finally closed one out, or more like, I mean, it's tough because Rory's expected to win every single week, it seems like. And when he doesn't, it's tough not to be, I guess, critical. I find both to be optimistic. Right. I think Tommy's been playing great and he gets a win, goes birdie birdie when he has to. But if you're Rory McElroy and you had your B minus stuff, including a three putt from two feet, you made a triple, I think it was the day before you snap hook one on 18 quad, quad mm-hmm. you lose by a shot. <laughs> it's good to be Rory. That that having that big of a margin of error is good to be Rory. I've got a uh, I've got a trivia question for you, Patrick. This is just for Patrick. Uh, it's coming out in in normal sport newsletter uh, probably tonight tomorrow morning how many times in both of their careers do you think fleetwood and rory have been in the top three on a leaderboard going to the final round so after round three they're in the top three combined both no just just each of them individually wow oh man um i'm gonna say tommy so they've both played about three we'll call it 380 events I think Tommy's like eight. Okay. And Rory's probably like 25, 30, 10% of the time. Rick, do you have a... Well, Rory wins like 10% of the time. And I assume that most of the wins are 
you know, he's in the top three going yeah. around and then ones that he steals or whatever. So I'm assuming that number is much higher than that. So I'm assuming it would be like 20% or 15% of the time. So whatever that ends up being. And I, and I assume Tommy then has to be a lot higher than that as well. I think Tommy's got to be like 30 times. Yeah. So, so rate nailed it. Tommy's 27. He's been in the top three going to the, including last week, right? They were both in the top three. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That threw you off. <laughs> yeah. For <eight>. sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. I should have clarified. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so Tommy's 27 and Rory is 79. Damn. Which is, 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 is wild. Right. And, and Tommy talked about this today. He, he was talking about, He's like, listen, the, the thing you have to do to win, and this is totally true. Both of them actually play below their expectation on the, according to data golf, like in the final round when they're in that spot, like they, they both play, they don't play poorly necessarily, but it's, it's kind of below what they're expected to do in the final round in those weeks. It's just that Rory is in contention so much that he just like runs into victories, right? And Tommy talked about the day. He's like, the most important thing that I can do is just to put myself in contention. And I think people talk about him like, oh, not a closer, not a closer. Well, I mean, sure. But like, you just have to, to, to win, I think, at the rate that he should probably win at, which is like four or 5%. You got to put yourself in contention a lot or be an elite closer, which is just a, it's a, it's kind of a rare thing and it's a little bit of a luck thing. I love that. I love that point because I listened to Tommy's quotes after I didn't get to watch it, but you know, with Rory not having won as much as what Rory's expected to win, I think people have sort of discounted him in a way, but he truly is. He's a Titan of the game. I mean, to think about all the majors he's won, all the events he's won globally, the guy is hall of fame bound and he could arguably be the greatest European golfer. But then Tommy spoke about the final round, how even though he wasn't making birdies, he said he played very well. And he referenced playing alongside McElroy, one of the best players in the world. And then what Tommy did, even though Rory went up bananas on the back with a few birdies and stuff, was Fleetwood just hung around there. He didn't, from what I understood from his take, it's not like he changed his game. He just kept doing his thing. And it's almost like he, Jack Nicklaus or Tiger Woods, almost his way into the victory where you're just lurking around the place there and then you pounce when someone makes a mistake. So, so I think, look, both of them should be buoyant. I'm, I'm with you, Rick, on Rory's performance. But I certainly think if someone takes more from that, it's, it's Fleetwood, just by the way he played alongside Rory over the weekend there and then essentially held him off even though Rory had the snap hook off the 18th. This will be basically the last uh, big event on the DP World Tour for, for quite some time. Uh, no offense to our friends at the Magical Kenya Open or the Johnson Workwear Open, but the boys will uh, come over to the States and start this this run of, of great West Coast golf here shortly before uh, picking up a couple more events on the on the DP World Tour later in the year. But um I think this is, I mean, Patrick, this is a, a, a good field in Dubai. It's it's one of the best fields we've had at the American Express, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. It is, it's a good time to be a golf fan. These two weeks are awesome between kind of, you can get up early, watch golf, and then get on with your day, be a civilian, and then at <laughs> night, watch more golf. And so I, th I think, like you said, it is a good time to be a golf fan. This is a great tournament. One year anniversary of Patrick Reed throwing a tee at Rory McIlroy. 
losing his golf ball in one of the four palm trees there, I believe on the 71st hole, maybe. I think it, well, um, no, it was on, it was on Saturday. It was on it was Saturday. It, it was in the third round. Cause then okay. Roy came out and beat him on Sunday. Gotcha. Um, so that, that was a fun time to be a golf fan as well. And yeah, like you said, it's a good field there. I think there's some, uh, some money exchanging hands, so to speak. Cam Young's over there. Brian Harmon's over there. Uh, Jay's over there. So yeah, it's a, it's two good golf tournaments that should produce probably two good winners. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Harmon and Cam Young being over there is the, is the Brian Windhorse meme. Now, yeah. now why, why is that? <laughs> you think, you think Brian, do you think Brian Harmon commands a big uh, appearance? Me? He's a major champion. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's an open champion. And Cam Young's always kind of had a uh, a soft spot for the Middle East. It seems like I thought you were going to say money. He's always had a soft spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just a kid from the Bronx. Yeah, when you grew up with nothing in the Bronx, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... can't fault him. Uh, all right, gents, we'll turn our attention to the American Express. We have plenty to talk about here, including our best bets, our one and done selections. They're in. They're absolutely in. I'm looking at them in. Oh, in the outline right now. And we will uh, unveil, unveil those after a quick word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. 
And we're back. The American Express this week, Mark, features uh, not one, not two, but three different golf courses, which turns this into kind of a weird, wacky event. It's like three separate sprints. Then they get a cut and everybody comes back to the stadium course. There is an inherent challenge to trying to tackle three different courses over three different days. It certainly is. And they're three very different golf courses too. I guess in a way you could make an argument that the Nicholas um, tournament, uh, the, 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 the stadium course and then the tournament, Nicholas, Nicholas tournament course are similar, similar in a way, just with a flow of them and with the perched up greens and the bulkheads and stuff and the look of the bunkers. But then you go across the town to La Quinta, which is, it's just an old school gem. Uh, it's narrow. There's houses on the place. There are these beautiful eucalyptus trees everywhere. It's always in immaculate condition. I mean, I would argue that the greens at that event are as good as anyone, any on the tour the entire year. So it is kind of different. Your, 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 the only thing that's really consistent is the time of the day that you play because everyone plays in the morning where ordinarily there's an afternoon morning wave. So it's, it's really cool. To me, it's still the Bob Hope. You know, you drive around town there and you see the road signs of Bob Hope and all these legends of Hollywood. And, and then you go to these places and I think of the skins game there at the stadium course, but it's just a great event. And, and, and I'm glad because it was kind of getting a bit tired, really, even though sponsors were coming on board. I'm glad that there's some good players playing because to me, it's one of those that look, let's be honest with the signature events rolling around. Now the pro-am format of play is almost going away. But but this is almost a throwback, you know. And I, it's cool if if other if other teams in professional leagues wear throwback uniforms. This is like a throwback to me, and and it's one of my favorites. This used to be a five round event. Yeah, when it was the Bob Hope, and it was a five, 90 holes they played for this one. They've cut it down to seventy two. And uh, Patrick, and you know, this is an event that we've seen outrageous scoring at. You know. Palm Springs, almost like a dome over it this time of year. There's rarely any wind. You talk about, you know, the kind of warm and perfect scoring conditions. And we've seen guys go very, very low here. The average winning score to par last five years is 25 under. So you better go out and get those birdies early and often. Dome golf, uh, POS putting contest. That's right. And to Mark's point, I think one of the unintended consequences last year of these designated events and these guys having to play in the gen pop normal events was adding the American express because it meant, Oh, if I can add this one in Palm Springs earlier in the year, that means I probably don't have to add the John Deere or the three M later when it's major championship season. And I'm trying to do my normal prep. So it seems like guys like the tournament last year are coming back for more again. And then there's also a lot on the line in regards to the first signature event in a couple of weeks where guys either have to stay inside the top 30 in the world like justin thomas who's world number 28 or they have to get on uh the a on swing five as well so a lot of scoring out there slower rounds because of pro-ams a lot of birdies and uh yeah 25 30 under is probably going to be in the ballpark of the winning score the current leader of the Swing Five, that's Carl Yuan. So two more events to go there. Those five will get themselves into 
the first there the next signature event which will be AT&T Pebble Beach and that's what will happen if in between all of the signature events KP uh John Rom did have that famous quote about this being a putting contest a couple of years ago he is the defending champion he will not be back to defend it the 2022 champ Hudson Swafford he gone so this is uh this is <laughs> this is Siwoo's this is Siwoo's title defense I think by the transitive property yeah, you should put the uh, the See odds on here. Shaking that ass. There we go. <laughs> you should put the odds on whoever wins this year to leave for live. Pretty uh, take them off the board because that's uh, 100 100% of the last two winners have done it. Totally. By the way, I think Grayson Murray is leading the swing five, right? Okay, so uh, officially, yes, you are 1000% correct. But isn't he now in all of the signature events? Yes. So so I don't he know if moved from the swing five. Okay, I agree. However, <laughs> I completely agree with you that if you go to the website and you look at the most points of the swing five, Grayson Murray has five hundred. He is number one. I hundred percent agree with that. But he just right? scroll down a little bit here, Josh, to the next tweet. With his win at the Sony Open, Grayson Murray is eligible for all remaining signature events, but is counted in the and swing five because <laughs> this is where it gets stupid. That is a higher eligibility category than current season tournament winners in the priority ranking for signature events. So the Aeon Swing 5 is wow. a higher priority ranking than winning a non-signature event yes. in the current season? Yeah. Aeon paying a lot of money. Money. Yeah. So, so you being... <laughs> what? You being... You being hot for... Hot-ish for three weeks is a higher priority than winning a non-signature winning the phoenix open <laughs> i mean you're you're talking to me as if i made the rule <laughs> they well, buried the lead there effectively you basically you basically just made the rule to me because i just learned about it so and i'm that, at you for putting this into my brain isn't that isn't that wild it is. i mean First of all, if you asked if you asked me, Rick could probably do this, but if you asked me to to like make you a chart of the priority list, no chance. I would miss them all. It's it is tough. Um, like I what's try. what's number one? Is it like the last three players champions or something? It's got no. It's got number one is probably the twenty wins all time career. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Number two is probably, yeah, like last three. FedEx like, Cup champion or. Yeah, and major champions, players, champions, that sort of stuff. I just don't, I, for sure, Mark, I'm just saying, I don't know the order of it. And then you get past like the obvious ones and I have no chance. I mean, and it and it's, and this, this got brought up in, in, in at Sony, right? Where there was a lot of, I think, frustration from these corn fairy guys that, you know, thought that they were into Sony and it's like, well, actually these European tour guys are in and then these other guys are in and then, you know, like it, it just is, it, it's, it's, it's messy. And I, I was thinking about it. I was actually thinking about a solution for this today. And I don't know what that solution would even be. It's just hard to put together a, a field, um, it's hard to put together a field in a in a coherent way where everybody understands what's going on. 
Well, what did Rory say to uh, Grayson Murray at one of the uh, player meetings? He's like, just play better, dude. <laughs> yeah, Grayson, and he did. Yeah, he did. You want to hear something crazy? Uh, career money exemption is number 11. So the 2024 PGA Tour eligibility categories. Now, I guess this is not for a specific tournament. This is for the year. Is career money the top 50 thing? Like where you're in the top 50 all time? Yes. Okay. You get a one-time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Fowler almost had to use that a couple of years ago. Right. Number one is the winners of the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open. Huh. Number two is the winner of the Players' Championship. Three is Masters. Four is Open. See, already I'm good. Like, <laughs> like, like, mate, just say like number one, all the, the last 20 major champions and the last five players champions or whatever, like make it just simplify things. This is the, it's the code thing that I'm talking about, Rick. They just piling code upon code upon code. Uh, when you get farther down the list, it is bonkers. 28 is players two to 30 on the prior season's corn Ferry tour points list. Number 28 is 300 career cuts. Um, here's my, here's 38 is team tournament winners. And the final list, the final, the final eligibility category is called veteran members. It's number 39. It is a veteran member is a player who has made a minimum of 150 cuts during their career. 38 is T is that like Zurich winners? Or maybe like QBE? No. Why not? It's the thirty-eighth. It's the thirty-eighth one. Is that's it not, not even. But it's it not, not a real event. The Ryder Cup team too. I think that's in there. Uh, I might have scrolled past it. I mean, I I was on thirty-eight. There's a. Um, it's got to be. I mean, they did take the Ryder Cup Presidents Cup thing out of the Open last year. But I don't see it here, but I'm scrolling pretty fast. Maybe thirty. It has to include. Because there's not enough team tournaments to otherwise. But it said winning. It's I thought it said winning team. It says team. the exact phrase is team tournament winners. So you wouldn't just say like only the US team people. And and there are no there are no for 2024, there are no players exempt in that category. So I don't even have any examples for you. Because yeah, they, they would all be exempt in something prior to that. Who won the the Zurich last year? Was it went? No, it wasn't one. No, it was Davis Riley and uh, Davis Riley. Yeah, and they were probably already exempt. Yeah. Wow, we were down a rabbit hole there. Yeah, if you if you ever put that in the trivia, I'll just <laughs> I'm out. I'll just eject. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. I could I could look at this list forever. Okay. <laughs> We will reset. <laughs> we will continue this conversation with our bets, matchups, finishing positions, two separate outrights. We will give the one and done picks. We will update the fan, a.k.a. the overall first cut one and done leaderboard after a quick word from our partners. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. There is one player in Category 33, non-exempt major medical exemptions, which is different than a major medical exemption, which is different than a minor medical it's Bill Haas. That's all I got. Let's do the picks. Josh, put up the grid, please. We take 100 bucks over to our favorite sports book, and we find a matchup, 50, a finishing position, 30, two separate outrights for 10 each, and we see how well we do. We had two close but no cigars last week in the outright category. Mark, you had Ben on who lost some yeah, very close. Uh, gee whiz, uh, when I saw him pitch it up there, and uh, I was like, well, this is looking pretty good. I've never had one of these things, but, you know, that's what golf <laughs> is. Golf is a strange game. Uh, Patrick had the other loser in a three-way playoff, which is you got two guys in a playoff. Neither of them come in. Uh, Patrick, you had Keegan Bradley. I can't say I took it as well as Mark. Uh, I was out <laughs> seeing an old friend. A few beverages were consumed, and uh, I was a little, little too loud, probably for. Uh, l- luckily, I wasn't at a golf course, but too loud normally for myself. But yeah, Keegan Bradley should have won that tournament in, in regulation. We need to get Patrick on the road somewhere this year. I gotta see. Yeah, I gotta see this guy when he's not Montreal. Microphone. Let's go to Montreal. Get, Let's get him and get him in the moose. Just, oh. just ripping. <laughs> That would be, I mean, good luck, whatever city you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Be over. Matchups. KP, you have opted, and I appreciate this, to go to Dubai for your matchup. What'd you find? Yeah, I got Rory over Adrian Moronk. I've got a lot of Moronk in here. I almost picked him for three different things, but um, this was like, I, I wanted to pick Rory for some because he's so, so, so good at this golf course at this tournament. And this was like the, the, longest odds i could find for him other than i think i think to win he was like two to one which i can't do that so i just wanted him in something and i thought him beating adrian moronk who has been good which is why i have him in my top 20 which we'll get to next but that was the kind of the best one i could find yeah i the longest i saw on rory i think was like two and a half to one to win so uh odds makers certainly like the way that he fits uh fits this event i went with siwoo over tony fee now i'm trying to pick on tony siwoo can certainly fill it up and and patrick you and i are both picking on tony fee now but with two separate golfers i went with sam burns at minus 115 picking on tony just like you the putter is not great burns can roll the rock with the best of them has a good history here so uh I think he's in for a good week. And Tony, just just a middling performance. 
Speaking of middling performances, guys that are struggling, Wyndham Clark certainly falls into that category. And Mark, uh, you have found a golfer to go up against Wyndham this week. Yeah, I did. I found Jason Day, who spends a lot of time in the area. They're working on his game over the winter time, so he's comfortable with the conditions. Last year, played pretty solidly around here, and and that solid play, I remember, pushed me towards picking them in one and done at the Tor uh, at, at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance event, and he played pretty well there. So. I just feel like Wyndham, lightly run, lots of rumors swirling around too that might detract from some of the focus. So uh, give me J-Day, minus 110 over clock. Finishing position, KP, you already teased it. So why don't you give us the reason of why you've opted for Adrian Moronk top 20 here? Yeah, he's played good at this golf course. He's coming off of, uh, he's played good at this golf course and he's played well overall recently. Uh, he won, did you see today? He won the, the DP World Tour Player of the Year award. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did he? Good yeah. Man. Not even on the Ryder Cup team. Makes Isn't that wild? Uh-huh. There you go, Patrick, right there. I know. Um, <laughs> why is that? Uh, <laughs> Adrian admitted he was, quote, shocked <laughs> that he won the 2023 Semi Biasteris Award for being voted player of the year by his peers on the TP World Tour. Wait, wait, wait. So, John Rahm didn't win that he's a member of the he's still a member of the dp world tour so hold on before before we even start naming names he finished fourth in the dp world tours race to dubai so three guys by their rating system had a better year than adrian Moronk. yeah yeah but well i think that that's not necessarily you know you you could win two majors and still finish fourth in that so so the majors, the majors do count, right? Yeah. But Adrian Moronk didn't win two majors. Well, I, I know. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that, I don't know if the race to Dubai is, is necessarily the, the barometer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like Rory played well this past year and he wrapped it up before the finale. So Rory, Rory was one. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard was two. John Rahm was three. Moronk. So I, I think it. I think it's the balance of Moronk played the best with like the most full DP World Tour schedule. Right. He played. He played twenty four events. Uh, the other three combined played thirty five. Yeah, I know you were more efficient and more productive in the few amounts of tournaments that you played, but we're going to give it to this other guy because he played more. Correct. <laughs> yeah. all, all I know is the people who were upset at the PGA Tour for giving Scotty Scheffler Player of the Year over John Rahm, I need that same energy for the DP World Tour because this is probably more egregious in my opinion. Morong's your boy. I know. I am a fan of Eastern Europe. Uh, never been hoping to get out there soon, <laughs> but but I, I think it's kind of just it's kind of crazy. Like I'm has, but he did have three victories now. I mean, I mean, I know there were names above him on the list, but he won three times. It's that, yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like, or, and that's what Rick landed on. Is like he did the he did the most of, across the full schedule. Yeah. The good news for you, Patrick, is with finishing first in the 2023 DP World Tour eligibility rankings, he's going to get that PGA Tour card. So you're going to see you're going to see a lot more of him. This year over here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll, uh, I'll probably, if I do get to travel, I'll be following him closely each and every round. There you go. I went Bo Hostler. 
top 20 plus 300. He was the best player in the fall, the Aeon, whatever they call that next 10. Uh, I think he continues it. He has gotten way better in the advanced metrics. Bo Hoster about to continue his great fall into January. Mark, look at you deep yes. down board with a top 40 that probably a large percentage of the listening base has never even heard of. Tiger Semikawa. Yeah. Um, look, I've seen him play before. He's dynamite. Young, um, won five times on the Japan tour the last two years. And uh, last weekend when I was watching junior golf, which was disappointing, um, I spent a lot of time in the evening watching the golf channel. So I was watching while I, and he was playing beautifully for a while, kind of backpedaled a little on the final day, which a lot of guys did, but he still finished, uh, I think, maybe 25th or something like that. So I feel like top 40 with a little steam uh, under his belt, top 40 plus 200 for Semikawa. I was like, yeah, I was jumping all over that. Patrick, round us out, please. I went with Kyle's most underrated player, Sung Heck J.M., yeah. top 20 plus 110, batting 1,000 with top 20s here, uh, five for five. You think Dome Golf? That kind of sounds like Sung Jay's jam. And yeah, coming off 34 birdies at the century, I think uh, he's in for a big week. That is Hostler top 20, Moronk top 20, Sung Jay top 20, Semikawa top 40. Two separate outrights. Let's start with, oh, look at this. This is fun. Patrick and Mark have landed on the same two golfers. So how about this? We'll be fair. Patrick, why don't you give us one and Mark will give us the other? Yeah, Sung JM 20 to 1. I just think he's going to win. He's due statistically, uh, literally, figuratively, any which way. He's going to win soon. And I think it's a good spot for him. I'm going with the same guys as Patrick because he made such a big call with Thigala last week and I look like a rear end. So it's part of this is trying to just follow his lead. But I will say that. Tom, I think Sungjae is a great idea around this golf course. And Tom Kim, to me, every golf course here is very much a function of greens and regulation and putting well. And if that's someone's jam, that's Tom Kim's jam. So he's played well, so I was like, this is lining up well for him because he's playing well too. M and Kim for both Patrick and Mark. KP, you and I are left. I went Eric Cole and Akshay Patia, 30 to 1 and 55 to 1. Eric Cole is just always around. And I think this is probably a better spot for him than, I don't know, Kapalua or some of the other places that we're getting coming up. And Akshay has been basically just as good as Eric Cole, but not getting the same amount of run, 55 to 1. I'm going to run them both out there in an event that generally either is like the top of the board. 10 to 1 or 100 to 1. I didn't find either one of those, but I think they have a good chance this week. Yeah, I I have Patrick Cantlay. I think he, although these two are kind of talking me into Sungjae, I wish I'd picked Sungjae for the one and done after seeing what everybody else did. If you're a fan, you still have time. If you are <laughs> one of us, you do not. Yeah, so I've got Cantlay. He always plays well here. Uh, excuse me. Cantlay is the best player over the last five years on courses with easy scoring conditions. He almost stole this away from Siwoo Kim a couple years ago. Shot a 60 on Sunday. Course record around mm. PGA West. Yeah, always plays great here. I think he's going to have a, just a monster year. And uh, he, he was okay at times at Kapula. Kind of got in the mix early. 
uh, faded a little bit as the weekend went on, but uh, I really like him this week. And then um, Rasmus Hoygaard is my uh, kind of Dubai sleeper, I guess. I think people think of Nikolai as being the better Hoygaard uh, just because he was on the Ryder Cup team and has played better than Rasmus over the last whatever year or so. But Rasmus has been really good recently, and uh, his kind of strokes gain numbers have been have been way up there in terms of guys that are in this field. I think he's like top 10 in his last 20 rounds in terms of tee to green stuff. So uh, I'm excited to see him play. I think he's with one of those guys is with Rory and Adam Scott. It might be Nikolai, but uh, yeah, I've got him at 22 to one to win in Dubai. Yeah. Nikolai is 18 to one Rasmus 22 to one. It would be very cool to have a Sunday final pairing of Hoy guards and how, yes. how they would handle that. And Odds maker. I mean, that's that's it's not super likely, but more likely than if one of them was 150 to one and another one was 18 to one. So uh, both guys in the top 10 of the betting odds for this week. That's Cole, Patrick, M, M, Kim, Kim, Rasmus, Hoygaard and Akshay Batia for the outrights. Now we move on to the extra $50 best bet. Josh gives us an extra 50 bucks. We are allowed to put it on anything in the whole wide world that we would like. Mark, you have stayed true to the brand and gone with a top nationality wager and even more on brand, a South African. Yeah, well, I tried the the positive parlay thing last week and Thigala let me down to, to finally get a win in this. So I've got to try something. And there's just three South Africans in the field Garrick Higo has been making Higo's been making some swing changes with Sean Foley. He's looking better, but I feel like it's not settled just yet. Um, Christian Besedno has had some time off, and so I just feel like Eric Van Rooyen, who's played well here last year and and had a good opening uh, salvo to the season, I feel like he's a, a good bet to beat the other two at plus one fifty. Yeah, basically a three ball here at plus one fifty for EVR KP. You did get a little action in on Sungjae here. What'd you get? Yep. Sungjae top 20. Uh, I've never been. I This is my this is my lock of the year, which means he's for sure going <laughs> to miss the cut. Uh, we might need a little. Wow. Mer- mortgage oh, whale play. What is he doing? <laughs> that was a drop. <laughs> when, oh, I remember this. Somebody missed like a two foot putt. And coach just goes, oh, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but here we are. He's he's the most underrated player in the world. I agree with you. I've I've voiced a lot of guys that I'm buying in 2024. I think I said Fleetwood. I definitely said Fleetwood. I think I, I definitely said Justin Thomas. Like Sung JM is on that list. For yeah, sure. yeah, I agree. I went with Rio Hisatsune. To finish top 40 at plus 130, uh, he's been playing all over the globe. He's been playing well. He struggled. I don't want to say struggled. He slipped a little bit uh, last week, still finished 30th. He's just been piling this up. It's plus 130 to finish inside the top 40. And Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Here we go. We we are going to have to go back and check because I keep – every time I say it, I just keep <laughs> – I just keep adding like two more numbers. We're going to have to go back and look. I think you're at six in a row. Does that sound about right? This heater that you're on? Uh, six, 18. Who okay. could really say? Uh, <laughs> you have but, a record yeah. somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, if there was ever a week for this, I know this is KP's week for uh, putting the mortgage on the line. But I mean, fifty-four hole cut. You would think if they have a bad round, they they regress to the mean and they make the cut. So I like Sung Jay, Tom Kim, and Jason Day to make the cut at plus one twenty-four. And Mark, I'm a little dis- disappointed in you. You got off the wagon. Because the the beautiful thing about parlays is you just add one more leg and you just keep on going. My friend Rick told me about this yeah. uh, this Martin Martingale system that he he employs in Vegas all the time, and oh, I did. it seems it seems pretty foolproof. And just a reminder for you in case EVR doesn't pull through. Well, okay, now now you got to spill the beans, Rick. I, I'm not familiar with this. <laughs> for those taking Patrick seriously at home. This is not a good idea. I will explain the Martingale system to you and why you will lose all of your money doing that. I, I urge you to uh, gamble responsibly, know your limits, and know when to lay up, as the PGA Tour says. But if you don't want to do that, the Martingale system, Mark, is when you lose. So if you put uh, you know, $25 on black and it comes out red, you now put 50 on black. And if you lose right. that, you put 100 on black. And if you lose that, you put 200 on black. With the idea being that eventually – you are going to win and you're going to win that $25. It's just a matter of having an unlimited bankroll and (laughs) a little bit of variance. Now, the issue with actually executing this, because Vegas knows they're not dum-dums, is that these tables not only have table minimums, but they have table maximums. So if you're at a $50 blackjack table minimum, the max might be 5K. So if you really did want to run this system, you could get to a point where you do not, you are not allowed to bet enough, thus ruining your martingale. We'd never get, we'd never get there though, Mark. We'd never. Yeah, I was about to say, if if you start with fifty and you ending up at five, it's a bad night. I'd be looking for the nearest bar. It, yeah. There's probably a dozen guys in Vegas right now who have just run the martingale and hit their <laughs> hit their max <laughs> constantly. <laughs> But that's that's. It what sounds it so. It sounds it sounds foolproof. foolproof. I mean, it, yep. no, I mean it, foolproof. If you if you had an unlimited bankroll, it, I guess it is literally foolproof, right? Because you'd eventually have to win one. The yeah, but, but well, I mean, you wouldn't have to, right? No, but you, I guess you could, the odds. You're, you're playing the odds of. Yeah, you, you could lose coin flips in perpetuity just forever. Yeah, what what's ten? What's what are the odds of like ten coin flip losses in a row? Pretty, I mean, uh, like like the U.S. team in Europe, pretty much. <laughs> um, Same as Rory missing the cut at Dubai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, the one and done. So, one and done has been updated. We are doing it again, obviously, this year, just for those who are, are just tuning in. It's on runyourpool.com. There's probably a link in the description. So we have over 900 users, all with their own selections this year. There is not a fan vote. Everybody has their own entry. And currently, someone named OK Boomer is out in front. 3.9 million. Got the 3.6 from Chris Kirk and added another 300,000 last week. You're obviously not a golfer is in second, got 3.6 million from Chris Kirk and a couple hundred thousand dollars from last week, but the gap is closing. BA314, Mike M and Joe Keenan all over 
2.5 million and in the top five. We gentlemen have work to do. And I'm going to start with the man currently at the bottom of the board with 104,000 trying to make his way back into this market moment. <laughs> what was <laughs> what was funny was when the graphic came up, I looked upwards and I saw, I was like, nah, I'm at the bottom of the table. So it was a bit of a mindset adjustment. And I was disappointed to see that Poston is the same. I'm picking the same as the guy who's leading. But anyhow, it is what it is. I will be honest. I did consider Siwoo because I played him here last year and he's looking okay. I certainly did consider Tom Kim, but I feel like I'll use him later in the season. So why not JT? Paul's been playing solid. It's the Irons great putting contest. So hopefully Poston can do something special for me and Kyle and whoever else is picking him this week. All right. So that is JT Poston for Mark. Patrick, uh, we've heard his name a lot. Just make it a picture, please. Yeah, I was kind of surprised uh, there wasn't more uh, Sung JM on the board. That was my only hesitation with him. I thought about going full-on content mode and doing the unthinkable and picking Michael Block. Cool. Uh, but cooler heads prevailed. I couldn't find a no, uh, miss the cut price on him either, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <Not> so <laughs> we went with Sung Jay. I, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised he's only on this list twice. 544,000 for Patrick. I have 564,000. I went with Eric Cole. I've already talked about him. I'm I, I'm hoping I have timed the win correctly. Josh is also on JT Post and he has 671,000. Greg has Sung JM 727 500. And our leader, Kyle Porter, has started his strategy of picking the same golfer as Mark <laughs> so that no matter what, he will beat Mark. I promise I didn't look at the rundown, although I laughed when I put my pick in because I knew you guys would accuse me of looking at the rundown. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, JT Poston's played great golf. He finished, uh, I believe it was uh, two top sixes in Hawaii, and you can take it back even further than that. In the fall, he was really good. Um, I, just, I just like the way he's playing, and you want to catch guys like him, I think, when they're playing hot because he's not the type of guy where you're like, okay, I can kind of pull, I can kind of use him at any point. I just have to figure it out later on in the year. He might be playing bad later on in the year. I don't, I don't think Patrick Cantley is going to be playing bad at all this year, right? You can use him whenever you want, but somebody like Poston might be. And so I, I just, I want to use him while he's playing good golf. For those listening at home, Kyle has gone for JT Poston, Greg, Sung JM, Josh, JT Poston, Rick has gone for Eric Cole, Patrick, Sung JM, Mark, JT Poston. Those are the official selections for the one and done. If you are in the Run Your Pool League, you have until this thing kicks off on Thursday. You don't have to have your picks in. Before that, we obviously do it for purposes of the show. I'm done the outline, gents. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Daniel Berger returns 18 months away. Uh, you can find a plus money miscut on him. Just saying. I wanted to see the Daniel Berger versus Will Zalatoris matchup. I haven't come across that one yet. Are, is there a concern level on Willie Z? No. Okay. Uh, he's mad. I... I I'm not concerned because he's so talented. Mm -hmm. He's made a significant change to his golf swing, and it takes a while for that sort of stuff to settle. Now, look, necessity is the mother of invention, 
and he was in a place where he had to change some stuff. But when you start changing spine angles and body tilts in the golf swing, that throws off timing. It throws off club, club face presentation. And he's made a career in his ball striking. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not discounting, but I'm just saying I'm watching the space closely. Yeah, I think I think short term agree with Mark. I think long term he he I get I mean he's so, he's so like he is his major record is insane. And I think guys like that just tend to figure it out. Uh or at least I hope so cuz he's he's fun to have around. By the way, 10 tails in a row uh, odds, Rick, 0.1%. So 1 in a 1000. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty rare, but you do it enough, it'll happen. All right, Patrick, I'm back to the Martingale next week. If you, <laughs> if you, if you mm-hmm. steer flip coins for 24 hours straight, I bet you you go on a, I bet you you go on a 10 tail run. Yeah. Yeah, because you would flip it at least a thousand times. Right, a thousand is not that many when you just start rattling these off. I know but it feels no, it feels good when you're going to the roulette oh. table and you're like. Oh, my chances of getting this, if I do the Martingale up to however much that is, are 99.9%. You have just found the activity that my two daughters and I are going to do this evening over dinner because my wife is abroad in South Africa. So dad and girls are going to flip coins and see. <laughs> get in a row. Mark, actually, there's a Harvard study out there. Whatever is face up goes 51%. Face up is heads, right? What? That's whatever you want. Oh, okay. That's when you flip it. User that but that's user error. Hmm? That's How's user, that user error. error. How is it user error? How is it not? You just you flip it forever. They right. had a they had an intern do it for an entire summer. Yeah, but 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 coin flips are but entire summer in the in the scheme of coin flips is not long enough. Yeah. You need right. like you need like 10,000 years. Okay. Rick, I did want to ask you this because now I'm, I'm going beyond myself. Because when I was hanging with a friend who was a croupier, he showed me on the roulette table you play columns, right? Because you've got a one in three chance of winning. Yes. But with your Martingale thing, what about uh, double zero? Yeah, um, no, that's that's the that's the edge that you lose, right? So that's you're really so those so your fifty fifties are only like forty eight percent. So I probably should have used like. I mean, blackjack, I guess would have been a, a better example, although you have, but like the idea of Martingale is just whatever you're doing, it's not, necess- it's not, it's not at all tied to roulette. It's just the fact that you're basically just chasing the loss. So, so do you always, uh, if you're playing blackjack, do you always double 10 or double a face card? Uh, I, I guess it depends on what the, what the dealer has, but most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Chasing losses sounds like a bad idea. Yes, in general. Sounds not that, like you know. Sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the way I play golf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just made two triples. Swing for Bernie here. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm gonna try to shape one into this like l- ledge on the you know two feet off the off the fringe on the fourth hole. Good idea. We will be back. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for round-by-round recaps of the American Express. For now, big thanks to producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman is available at Mark underscore Immelman. Patrick McDonald at P. McDonald CBS and Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 